Good afternoon, this is Quintus Curtius here. It's July 3rd, 2022. Tomorrow's uh, obviously July 4th. And I thought this would be a good occasion to actually read and record the Declaration of Independence because it's a very important document. And readers may not be familiar with the precise nature of the text, how it came about, what it contains. So I thought it would be good to do that. You know, the, uh, the Declaration of Independence is uh, one of those documents that's, a, uh, I would say, a keystone document in American history. It was the first of its kind. If you look back in history, no, no republic had ever really declared its independence from a controlling empire in the same way. It just had, it just had never happened before. And the Declaration of Independence became a model for other republics in the centuries following the American Revolution to use as their own boilerplate for declaring their independence. And many republics in Central and, and South America and also in, in even in Asia and Africa used it as, a, uh, as something of a template. So it's important. And um, it wasn't really considered important at the time. At the time, the job of drafting the Declaration was given to Thomas Jefferson because he was considered one of the best writers in, in Congress. And um, Benjamin Franklin made some interlineations and some corrections to it. Not many, but a few, some significant ones. And uh, as soon as it was, it was declared, it was more or less forgotten. It was only really until the 19th century that it became sort of shrouded in this aura of just um, of, of, uh, of glory and sanctity that we see today. Part of this, I'm told, was due that uh, the fact that I think John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died on the same day. I think it was 1826, 1824, can't remember exactly. But um, that, that event uh, triggered a renewed interest in the founding documents of the United States. So let's read or let me read the actual, um, you know, the actual declaration here. And this is going to be the final text. And um, so you can just sit back and just listen. Listen to the, the, the sonorous formality of the text, what it says, what it contains, what it doesn't contain. And there may be some surprises in here for you. The Declaration of Independence. In Congress, July 4th. 1776. The Unanimous Declaration of the Thirteen United States of America. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, 
and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance, unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records, for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into comp compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly, for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time, after such disillusions, to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has effected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. 
for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, for suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burned our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is, at this time, transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny, already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy, scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages, and totally unworthy, the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become their executioners of their friends and brethren or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by the legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our emigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt the, our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them, as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in General Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do, in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are, and of right, ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is, and ought to be, totally dissolved. 
and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. From Georgia, Button Gwinnett, Lyman Hall, George Walton. From North Carolina, William Hooper, Joseph Hughes, John Penn. From South Carolina, Edward Rutledge, Thomas Hayward, Jr., Thomas Lynch, Jr., Arthur Middleton. From Massachusetts, John Hancock. From Maryland, Samuel Chase, William Paca, Thomas Stone, Charles Carroll of Carrollton. From Virginia, George Wythe, Richard Henry Lee, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Harrison, Thomas Nelson Jr., Francis Lightfoot Lee, Carter Braxton. From Pennsylvania, Robert Morris, Benjamin Rush, Benjamin Franklin, John Morton, George Clymer, James Smith, George Taylor, James Wilson, George Ross. From Delaware, Caesar Rodney, George Reed, Thomas McKean. From New York, William Floyd, Philip Livingston, Francis Lewis, Lewis Morris. From New Jersey, Richard Stockton, John Witherspoon, Francis Hopkinson, John Hart, Abraham Clark. From New Hampshire, Josiah Bartlett, William Whipple. From Massachusetts, Samuel Adams, John Adams, Robert Treat Payne, Eldridge Gary. From Rhode Island, Stephen Hopkins, William Ellery. From Connecticut, Roger Sherman, Samuel Huntington, William Williams, Oliver Walcott. And from New Hampshire, Matthew Thornton.